episode four of the Nine Point Start with Dream podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Nine Point Start with Dream podcast. I'm your host, Kobe Gillum. Today's episode is pretty unique. We have Nigel Bond, professional basketball player. We talk about his journey and how he landed in the sport of basketball to go into the new one without playing in high school, to even playing professionally overseas without an agent. It's a unique story that I think you'll get some great value from. Hope you enjoy. Hello, my name is Nigel Byam, 6'7", professional basketball player slash entrepreneur. Um, yeah, I, I played all over the world. I went to school, St. Francis, New York, Division One school in New York. Um, first school was Carl Albert Junior College which was in Oklahoma, very far, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I went to OU, so I'm off my Oh, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> Oklahoma all the way. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into, I've always been into um, helping the next generation, which is extremely important, because I feel like um, I grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, and it's a lot that, you know, influences you to do possibly bad things and things like that. So I feel like a positive influence in, in all communities is extremely important. So that's basically what my, um, my business is about now, which is called Learn From a Pro. Learn From a Pro, clearly you're learning from a pro. And I just feel like um, my slogan is pretty much a pro's effort. So you always want to give a pro effort, anything that you do, you know what I mean? You're doing this, mm-hmm, you're doing sure. any, any, any possible thing, you know, you always want to approach Get it. In a professional, yeah. Professional mindset, which is extremely important. So, you know, that, that's my main thing. That's the slogan behind everything. Awesome. I dig it, my man. So if we like rewind back to like the very beginning, what would your goal, like your big dream as an athlete, what would your thing you want to achieve? You know, what's funny. My, my overall goal originally was not to play basketball, man. Like, I honestly wanted to be a chef. When I went to school in Oklahoma, um, my first major is in hotel, restaurant, and tourism management with a concentration in culinary arts. I was going to be a six, seven chef. So, yeah. Hey. So, so how did you get to basketball then? Like, I'm guessing you kind of had, like, that creative mindset, so you kind of want to do something that you're passionate about. How did you land in basketball? Well, I landed in basketball because pretty much a lot of my, my friends and um, a lot of my family members and stuff like that, they played a lot of basketball. And I was tall. And I honestly, this is the Koha honest truth. I am extremely gifted naturally. You know what I mean? Okay. I have a 40 inch vertical. I was dunking in the seventh grade. I actually just came from doing a, um, a speech. I was doing a speech, um, a keynote speaking at a school. And it was actually the first school I dunked in, which was on rail <laughs> in New York. Like, you know, but yeah, I was just naturally, naturally gifted. And, you know, once you can have the height, in basketball and you have athleticism everything else could be taught so mm-hmm. you know pretty much my junior college coach just taught me about three moves bro and I, I was junior college all-american to be honest like you know naturally I was just into it and it came easy for me so I pretty much ride the wave I just you know milked it for as much as I possibly could get awesome so you went to the, the juco route so how did you get get there did you like did you start back what at a later age or did you kind of just want to go a different direction how that happened definitely um what happened was kind of funny story I actually was in a basketball gym with my friends just playing basketball because I did not play high school basketball okay wow completely odd so from going from not playing high school basketball to being a professional it's like the percentages I actually go the percentages actually less than one percent so I guess I'm pretty rare 
So I was in, in a gym. It's called Hoopland. It's not, in, it's not existing anymore. So it was basically like a playground indoors. So you had about four courts where you and your friends could probably pay like two, three bucks and just go play for the day. And we were in there and, um, you know, they had a coach just walked up to me. I, I was actually dunking. I did a windmill or something and the whole gym was like, oh, wow. And the coach walked up to me and was like, hey, what's your name? And, you know, I told him Nigel and stuff like that. He said, you play basketball? I said, ah, a little bit. Just, you know, me and my friend. He said, what if I tell you I can get you a scholarship to go to school? I was like, listen, man, I don't have time to play games. <laughs> like, you know, it's not realistic. So he told me, he said, you know, he had basically he had a program that, um, put a bunch of free agents, um, kids in, in, in front of coaches. Like that's, he was the middleman. So he connected you to these coaches and you got to play and showcase your talent. It was basically a showcase. So I got, after the showcase, I had four junior college that wanted me full scholarships. And I just chose the farthest one away from New York city, <laughs> which was Oklahoma. I was in Poto, Oklahoma to be exact. So very small town. So once you kind of, so once he kind of gave you the opportunity, were you like, "Hey, I'm about to make this like a reality"? Or like, what, were you, like, what was your thought process when he said, "I can get you to college"? It, it, you know, when when it when it started happening, like, um, even up to to this day, man, I, I played all over the world, every single continent, and 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 you know, everything just happened so fast. To be honest, that you know, I, I didn't really get a chance to process it then, but now I'm processing it now. It's like it's just completely mind blowing. So when it happened. I was kind of just riding the wave, man. You know, I was always a good student. So school was never an issue for me. So I was just pretty much riding the wave of, of, of just being a player and getting all this attention. You know, yeah. one, one thing that stuck out to me, to be honest, um, when I was in junior college, I basically got a pair of sneakers from the coach, you know, your team. This is the first time anybody has ever given me anything in order to play on their team. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, amazing like somebody's actually you think i'm good enough for me to actually get a free pair of sneakers to play on your team to represent your team so you know that, that i could definitely say that was like a very shocking moment for um being you know just a regular kid playing basketball for fun with his friends to being a college player you know and you know it was a division one junior college so it was pretty a big deal yeah for sure that's dope so you're there for a few years you kind of you got opportunity to go to d1 opportunity to go college where'd you go I chose St. Francis, New York, and it, it was, it was, you know, it worked out for me. Let me just start yeah. off by saying that before I say this, <laughs> but it worked out for me. And um, St. Francis was amazing to me, man. I, I love it. I love the, 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 it's a small school, but it's, you know, family orientated kind of environment and stuff like that. But um, I had over 12 division one scholarships, man. And St. Francis was actually the lowest school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I, but to be honest, I think it was the fact that I was in Oklahoma in a town with maybe 2,000 people, small town, and I just wanted to get back to New York. So, big, big, big city life. Yeah, I had, I mean, I, mean, I had um, UNC Charlotte, um, St. John's was interested. There was a bunch of schools that was interested in me, man. And, and you know, at that point, um, I just chose St. Francis and, and, and you know, it, it worked out well. Is there like a big transition from JUCO to Division One, you know, university? Is there like a big difference there or a gap in life there? Definitely. It, it, it's more of, cause you know, at junior college, I, I have a 40 inch vertical. So I was just dunking on everybody and pretty much, you know, at, in terms of athleticism, I was, I was, I was the man and get into division one school where you probably have three to four people on your team that's probably jumping just as high as you are. You know, you got to find something else that you can do now, you know, it's a bigger niche. So it's a bigger market. So that, that I could definitely say was 
the biggest transition. It was like, you know, guys are bigger, guys are stronger. Um, I remember playing against Syracuse and it was like the point guard was almost my height. You know what I mean? The, the, the small forwards was almost my height. So it was, it was real tough. And in college, I played the four. I played power forward. So, you know what I mean? I had to guard yeah. sometimes guys seven foot and I just had to make it work. You know what I mean? So that's definitely the biggest, biggest difference. Yeah. yeah you were kind of like a raw talent in the sense, right? Oh, <laughs> like raw <laughs> wouldn't even be the way. Like it was like the point guard could throw the ball anywhere up above the rim and I'm going to just jump up there and dunk it. My coach literally taught me two moves. One of them was a right hook shot and one of them was a left hook shot. And I averaged 20 and 10 off of that only in junior college. All I knew, because I was so athletic, I just jumped. He just told me, dribble two times to the middle and jump over the person and just hook your ball straight into the rim. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked out. Like, all right, like, all right I got this. Let's I got keep it. it. <laughs> keep, keep it simple. That's it. So for anybody listening that's trying to play a sport for the first time, what would be like, your advice on like, how to approach it, how to approach that process? You know, if they want to go, they want to go college or whatever. I think it's, it's huge to find your niche. You know what I mean? Um, a, lot of, a lot of kids, you know, I meet a lot of kids, talk to a lot of kids, and a lot of them try to be something they're not. You know what I mean? They look at NBA players, and those guys are, like, super talented in every area. For instance, Blake Griffin. He's a big guy that can jump really high, but he also can shoot threes. You know what I mean? And, and, and kids try to imitate those things. And sometimes we just need to find our niche, man. If, 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 you're, if you're a bruiser, just be a bruiser. If you're a point guard, facilitate. Like, it's certain things that you just need to find your niche and, and work on that. Like, master a craft, not all of the craft. Just master a craft and then push forward from there. A hook shot and dunk, man. All you need, right? Very simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So, so you have to, so to college. You're, you're balling out there. You're cooking as well, right? Mm-hmm. So what your, your thought with that? What your thought ever, like, I want to go pro or, like, or like I want to be a chef? Um, well, I, I could definitely say at the end of junior college, when I got so much attention for my basketball ability, the modem kind of switched a little bit from being yeah. a chef. Um, and my modem was never really to play professionally, man. I, I, to be honest, like I, I never really thought that far ahead. Um, just being confident in myself. I didn't think that I could possibly do something like that. Um, so, you know, and, and, I, and I'm the type of person, like I would, if I put my mind to something, I can really get it done. And going through, when I got to Division One level, um, and I'm playing against guys that they're talking for the NBA draft, for instance, at Syracuse, Wesley Johnson. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. playing against him, and I'm like, wait, I could do this, man. Like, you know what I mean? I could really make this happen. And, and, and that's when it kind of switched over. Because so when I got done with, with college, it was like the switch of my mind was like, I can get this done. You know what I mean? And, and that's a whole nother, like overseas is a whole nother story. I know we're going to go step by step, but that's another big, big deal of how I got there. You know what I mean? From Division One, you know, it, it looks good. But I, to be honest, I only average about five points at mm-hmm. St. Francis. You know what I mean? My school was guard-orientated. Um, yeah. Guard-orientated and, and, you know, I was the guy, the cleanup. You miss a shot, I'm going to dunk on somebody. I catch the put yeah. back. I block a lot of shots. Like, I was um, top five in the nation at the time. Um, it was Hashim Tabit was in there when, from UConn. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, it was me, Hashim Tabit. It was, it, was, it was, you know, I was in the top five with those kind of guys. So, but I was 6'7". So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He's 7'2 or 7'3 or something like that. So, you know, it's like kind of on paper, you know, NBA teams wouldn't really look my direction because of my position. So, you know, that was basically the switch for me, though. Yeah. 
So what helped you, I guess, like, keep going? I mean, because from, like, a mental standpoint, like, what was, like, helping you keep pushing the, the note? I'm going to take this drive by stride. I'm going to enjoy the journey, I guess. It was all so new to me. Um, the first organized game that I possibly – serious basketball game that I actually got to play full-time with was, was starting in college. So and, – and my coaches always told me, it was like, listen, you make mistakes, but you just started to play basketball. Some of these kids have been playing basketball since they were, like, four or five years old. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're dominating them. So I'm like, okay, maybe I've got something here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sure. That, was always, that was always my modem to, like, okay, I, I just started this. Like, I got so much more growth to do. You know what I mean? I, I just figured out my peak of my game where my mental and my physical ability came together was probably about a year or two ago, man. Like, honestly, coaches didn't know, like, you know, it was hard to, rec- um, to, to, to plan against me because you didn't know me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this kid came out of no, literally, like a lot of coaches are like, how did you go under the radar for so long? Like, oh. how is this ever possible? How, how do we have somebody just walking down the street, six, seven, and could dunk the ball with his head if he wanted to like how is this possible you know what I mean and it was just mind-boggling to a lot of yeah. coaches how 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 that slipped away but you know it's a lot of talent out there man mm-hmm. that's like out. in New York like in New York basketball you're like how is this guy not yeah the radio, you know the parks in New York playing basketball for sure exactly so you're in college you're, you're about to graduate what's the move um the move was basically changing my position so now it's a pro level right so I'm mm. at Division One. I can jump really high, so you can sneak me in at playing the power forward. Overseas or in the NBA, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm six seven. I'm either a shooting guard or or um, a small forward. Like that switch had to happen. So that 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 whole time after the season was done, I had to key in on developing my guard skills, which I had. Because I'm from New York and, you know, mm-hmm. and one mixtapes. Yeah, like, yeah. as kids, that's what me and my friend tried. Like, we could dribble Your the basketball. Your ankles are safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could dribble the basketball. Even if you were seven foot, you know, we, we New Yorkers just can dribble a basketball. So um, I had to key in on, on um, you know, using my skill with the IQ and getting it all together. And um, that's what I did. I, I, I just digged in like I really mentally prepared myself okay I have to make the switch let's make it happen and I got it done definitely got it done more opportunities kind of like at your door like saying hey he wants you to play overseas and he wants to play in NBA what was like the opportunity like for you that way um well I came from St. Francis low division one average five points so the opportunities wasn't there at all you know what I mean um what happened like I said was the crazy part of the story this is nuts but I would work out, I would set like a, a work day for myself, right? So it mm-hmm. will be eight hours of work. I'm going to put in eight hours of work, right? So I was in the gym for three hours, working out, lifting weights, doing all that good stuff. And then I will be on the computer marketing myself for five hours. I, I went overseas with no agent. So this was like, okay, I'm going to find every single team. I'm going to email every single coach. I'm going to try to get a conversation through Facebook with every single coach until that one person bites. And I literally probably send out hundreds, probably three to 400 emails until I got that one team to give me an opportunity. And after that, it was just the rest is history, man. How long were you doing that for? Um, it took me because I, I dig deep, like I said, eight hours a day. So it took me from about, I want to say April while in school, so I left in September. So it took me about April 
to, to August in order to put that work in and not just basketball. Because a lot of people, you know, we got songs yeah. and he wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Like, I get all that. But the thing is, is if you're working out so hard in the gym, nobody knows about it. Only person that knows about it is you. you. And was looking at you in the gym. Unless you got NBA scouts or agents in the gym with you, the workout is kind of irrelevant. You have to market yourself outside of that. Like when you Google my name, I made sure that when you Googled my name, Nigel Byam, I looked like a professional basketball player. Dude, that's fire right there. <laughs> I looked like it. So I had nice pictures. I made, I designed a website for myself. Like I really put the structure together to make myself look like that professional basketball player that you want part of your organization. Because professional basketball is business. You know what I mean? They want the person, yes, they want the person with the most skill, but they also want the person that's going to sell them tickets. Tight how you, you realize that sure, I can ball, I can dunk. That doesn't matter if no one knows about it. You it, know? it it's irrelevant. <laughs> and, I, and I realized that from, from the coach's responses. Every time I play against a, a school in junior college, I'm like, what's your name? The coach would literally come to me from the opposite team. What's your name and where are you from? Like, what's happening here? Like, where did you come from? We know every kid in the country and you don't know what's happening. Like, what's going on? So I realized that I was like, okay, I have the talent, but I didn't have the exposure. So how do I translate this into the professional world now? You know, you Google, I was always business, very business minded. So I already knew NBA teams, overseas teams, they want to sell tickets. They want to sell tickets. So you want the person that looks good. You got to look the part. Like, you know, you can be a professional basketball player, but if you can't give an interview, if you can't, um, you know, market yourself out there in order for people to like you, you have to invite people into your world. And, you know, this is before the big time social media times yeah. in terms of like, you know, we can go live. And I didn't have any of that. So I had to make that platform online by myself. Dude, that's crazy. Like you, you spent... Three hours practicing and five hours much marking yourself. In that office. I was putting in that work, like emailing people, um, just saying the right things, positioning the email in order to, to you know, I, I download Google Translator. So sometimes yeah. it's like, like I'm, I'm a Middle East guy. I played a lot in the Middle East. I played all over, all over the Middle East. So I had to translate sometimes in Arabic. You know what I mean? I'm sending teams hello in Arabic, and then the rest of the letter is in... Um, in, in, in English, but that subject line is in Arabic. They're going to grab their attention. That's what they speak originally. You know what I mean? You're, you're catering to yeah. their needs almost. You're catering to their needs. So it's, it's, it's more than basketball, man. This whole thing is just, you know, I, you know, I don't have nothing against agents, but agents at the end of the day, they might, they might sign me and you, but they got a hundred other people that just like me and you, you know, and they just putting out, they, they, they contact a team. Here's 10 guys. Take one. Here's 10 guys. Take one. Like, Cut me a check on the end of it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then it's like sometimes you just might not be the lucky guy that they catch. So how about I send the email with only me so there's nobody else to look at? <laughs> uh, that's wild. That's super dope that you did that because I, I think a lot of athletes don't realize that a coach or an agent can't do as good for you as you can do for yourself. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, and, and until we understand that, it's like, I even met guys, man. They were like, oh, Nigel, you play overseas, man. You could put in a good word for me. You could do this for me. You could do that for me. And I'm like, at the end of the day, bro, you, you got to kind of put in the work, man. He's like, I'm in the gym. I'm fit. I'm ready. I'm this. I'm that. That's 
kind of irrelevant. I'm sorry to say, man. I, I applaud the hard work and all this amazing stuff, but being in a gym for six hours a day is irrelevant. It, it doesn't that it doesn't help you to yeah. be a professional. Doesn't help. Dude, my man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So once so once you you put into work like behind the scenes, that like you're you're much marketing yourself. You're you're your own agent. Right. So 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 what was it like when that when that team was like, hey, we want you. Um, when the team, like, you know, when the team called and the crazy part is like this email came cause it came from Bahrain, which is in the middle East. Right. It, it went to my junk box, bro. I, I checked oh. my junk box mail. I don't even know why that day I just checked it. And I seen literally a contract. I got my first contract and it went straight to my junk box. <laughs> what are the odds? Until this day, till this day, I checked my junk box at least twice three times a week like i check it i got my first opportunity to play professionally in my junk box like who checks that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that that's why so i mean like so far man your, your journey is almost like a dream in a way you go from you know in a wreck a wreck one day coach come up you're like hey man i'll get, I'll get you an offer the yeah. juco the d1 now you're you're playing overseas what's next what's that my life what are you thinking like okay i'm gonna play overseas i'm gonna live here for a little bit like what are your yeah so you're overseas and you're over there from be anywhere between six to eight months out of the year um so i'm over there and i'm uh, super focused on exactly what i got to get done but also i embrace their culture like i speak a little bit of arabic now because i've been in the middle east so long and you know i i wanted to to, to accept their culture i wanted to know what it was about i wanted to learn it and that's the biggest thing, man. Guys go over there and they're kind of close-minded about America and not experiencing other people's culture, which is completely mm. amazing. It gives you a wider perspective on just life, period. Um, like, their problems is not our problems. You know what I mean? And, and, and which is important to learn and know what's acceptable in their culture because things that we do, it's not okay to them. Something is like walking down the street and you got you to gotta spit or something like that. You know, we'll kick to the side and, and spit a little. Like, you can't do that there. You know what I mean? That's completely yeah. disrespectful to them. And like, you know, even like crossing your legs and letting the bottom of your shoe face someone. You know what I'm oh. saying? Which is, you know, which we look at, okay, who cares? Like we're on the train, we're on the bus. Mm-hmm. People do that all the time. It's nothing to us. But to them, it's a sign of disrespect because they feel like that's the bottom of everything, which is the bottom of your shoe. So there's no way I'm going to be equal to the bottom of somebody's shoe. That's their mindset. You know, accepting their culture, and I'm out there and I'm playing, man. And, 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 you know, the love you get from just the community, it was, you know, I played a couple games and the ref were giving me a hard time. And one couple of the guys from the community, like almost wanted to fight the referee. Cause it's like, Oh, he's from my community and you're not going to disrespect him. And that, you know, it was like, wow, this is really feels good. Like, you know, you yeah. got people backing you, you know? So they embraced me, man. I, I, I like literally the middle East is probably my favorite place in the entire world, man. I love the middle East. Cause they just, they're, they're so, you know, warm, you know? And yeah. it's crazy. The, the world, the media shows the middle East as a certain yeah. way, but you're saying you're, perception of them living there they loved it yeah I, I played in iraq for two years bro you know what i mean and that mm. that's that's probably one of my life-changing moments going to iraq um seeing everything and then seeing and hearing what the media media is saying in america because i got friends like oh you're right man look what just happened in iraq I'm like uh i'm standing outside right now like 
I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? But it's it it's cool, man. The place is cool, and 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 you know, I feel like anybody, if you if you're not coming to hurt them or attack them in any way, like you know, there's no reason to be defensive. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to represent your town and your city in Iraq. They got the utmost love for me, man. It was yeah. I was almost on a pedestal for being an American. They respected me so much. They respected me so much, man. I, I had you know. Walking down the street, even going to the stores, like people will stop, like, oh, Ameriki, Ameriki, Ameriki. <laughs> Being an American, like, that's Nigel, the American. That's the guy who plays for our club team. And, you know, I got pictures Retro, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was the biggest thing for them. If you rep for them, they, they will just ride for you for the, for the end of it, man. They loved it. Dude, that's what's up. That's what's up. So you're playing overseas, you know, you're balling out, you're going from country to country. What would your thoughts on life, I guess, maybe not kind of like after your playing days, what would your, your mind put on that? Um, well, I, like I said, I, I always had an open mind to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really took it as, I really took it as, you know, be out there and, and, and impact the game, but life has to go on. And I always wanted to impact others. And this gives me, my business gives me, learn from a pro gives me that on a, a, a grand scale. It gives me a chance to just be greater than just me. It's not about me anymore. Um, so life after basketball, I was always considering, I want to be a businessman. Like this is where, this is what I want to do. Um, and strategically just planning it all out. You know what I mean? Just like using the basketball. Cause for instance, perfect example today, right? Um, a keynote speaker. None of the kids knew exactly who I was. So I walked in the gym. They announced me. Hey, Nigel Byam, he's going to share a little message with us. And, you know, you hear a little buzzing. These kids, they're 11 to 14. So you hear, like, who's talking in corners. Mm. As soon as I said, hi, my name is Nigel Byam, professional basketball player. The entire gym. This is like 300 kids. Quiet. Quiet. Everybody knew. Everybody. I was like, what? He's a what? Like, so it gave me the leverage. Just being that pro gave me the leverage in order to grab somebody's attention. And now you're going to listen to me. Now I'm going to pump a bunch of positive energy and, and just like, you know, let you know that you can do it and, and let you know that, you know, it's kind of cliche to just say, Oh, you can do it. You can do it. Like, yeah, but I've came from where a lot of these kids came from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was in the, the school I went to, like I said, I, I dunked for the first time in that gym. So I was there. I was one of those kids. I was one of those, you know, possibly statistics in, in Brooklyn, New York. So that just gave me the the platform in order to bring that to the world. And now even like, you know, fortune 500 companies, they calling me and, you know, I go speak to them and they're listening to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're listening because I'm a professional basketball player. They want to listen to me and they want to hear my story. They want to, um, you know, what I think about teamwork, team building, all these kind of things where, you know, basketball has taught me. Basketball has taught me all these things and using keys now to impact people's lives. And, that's livelihood after basketball. And that's another thing my program does. I, I go into schools and talk to student athletes and let them know, hey, you're going to use basketball to propel you in life. Because if you have an amazing career like Vince Carter did, he's 40 years old. After 40, you got a whole lot of life to live, bro. Like, it's a lot mm-hmm. to live after 40 years old. So it's always life after basketball, even if you're a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? They look at all these Hall of Famers. Some of them, you know, Antoine Walker, sad case. Yeah. This guy was amazing. Had millions, millions, millions. Probably made 80, 90 million dollars out of his career and go broke. That's because mental, mentally, he probably wasn't, you know, 
on a standard where he would actually know, okay, I got to separate this. I got to separate this and invest in this and probably use my platform to propel me to this. You know what I mean? It's just step by step. It's very strategic, man. Just life period is strategic. If you proper planning, you can get all of this done. Like it's not, not a hard thing at all. What helped you develop that? Like from earlier, kind of helped you kind of have that, that like JV type mindset. Like I know <laughs> I want to, you know, push myself to the eighth level of the platform. I think, I think honestly, cause my parents are originally from Grenada and um, which is in the Caribbean and going there and seeing sometimes the less fortunate and seeing how people don't have certain things and, you know, talking to a lot of older folks. I always was talking to a lot of older folks and, and traveling the world also kind of helped me to understand that, okay, if I have this opportunity, this opportunity will run out. You know what I mean? And it's like you, you're eating an, an apple. If you eat this apple, you know, you're going to savor the taste and stuff like that. But the memory of that apple will always kind of be there if you want to remember it. You know what I mean? So that's how you're going to use this to, to, to propel you on a later, on a greater stage. Um, so I, I took all those key notes from all around the world, man. I met people that had two pairs of shoes and I'm in college and I'm getting nine to 10 pairs of shoes to play basketball for four months. <laughs> like it didn't yeah. make sense to me almost like, you know what I mean? It didn't make sense. Yeah. I took those shoes. Sometimes I used what I, I, I could and I probably had four or five different pairs that I didn't even touch in the box. I used to take them and, and bring them for people and they'll be so appreciative of some sneakers. And then I come back and my teammates is throwing them all over the place. Like some sneakers just there. And like you wear sneakers one time, two times, but we look at that such a small and minor thing because we're so fortunate to have these things. Mm. You know what I mean? So the little that I got was a lot that I got. I took that and made it even more because I understood that I could have been in a whole different situation. My, my life could have been completely different if it wasn't for basketball. So to, to, to disrespect basketball and the, the, the life lessons and the financial gain that it has given me, it would be like a slap in the face to not take it and propel myself. You know what I mean? Like mm. use this sport. This sport uses you a lot. Like they had big talks all over the world about, you know, college players deserve to get paid and this, that, and the third. And, you know, they make it, the schools are making so much money off of us, but you got to use this platform to propel you to a greater stage until that check comes in college, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Use it. Use it. Yeah. So how, so how long have you had um, your company? I just, well, I, that's why I call myself an entrepreneur. I've definitely dabbled in like four or five businesses in my life so far. Dabbled in so much. And, and I think that's like the key definition of, of, of an entrepreneur. And, and also just being a team player with yourself and your team. Because what happens is it's like basketball. I relate a lot to basketball because you play one game. Like we played against Syracuse. Me and you on the team, we played against Syracuse. We lost by 20. But the next day, we got a conference game with a team that we know we can beat. We have, to, we have to brush off the Syracuse and get to this conference game right away. So, you know, that, that's the switch. You got you to gotta be able to separate that stuff in ups and downs and, you know, put it yeah. all together. So with business now, you know, regardless, you, you probably made one and it's like, ah, it didn't really work out. Next, 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 until you get the right thing. And the crazy part is all those things that didn't work out it's helping you because yeah it connects because it's like tools you know what i mean i went into yeah. the t-shirt i used to print t-shirts i did all of that so now i got my this business here where i'm i'm, I'm actually the talent i have you know how to design t-shirts i know how to kind of market myself 
I know how to kind of pump myself out and, and get myself out there a little bit. So it, it all helped. It all helped. Everything in the past mm-hmm. helped me to get to where I'm at today. So that's exactly how I continue to just stay motivated and, and, and keep doing what I'm doing and, um, you know, to be successful. Learn from a pro a li- literally was, is, is less than a year old, man. Less than a year yeah. old. But I'm really pumping myself out there, like just like I was overseas, man. I'm out here sending hundreds of emails. All I need is a couple to bite. So, yeah. so, you, so you have one like a pro. Then you have. I heard you had a nonprofit. So, how did that come yes. about? Um, the nonprofit is basically based back home in in Grenada, um, where my family is originally from. So that came about because I used to go to Grenada all the time, and some of the best basketball players I played with till this day, and I've played against. I've played with and against. Carmelo Anthony, I've played against, you know, all the big names, um, Chris Copeland, J.R. Smith, like just to name a few. Um, those guys are great. I just know some basketball players in the Caribbean that's good too, man. They're, they're really good. I'm not saying they're Carmelo Anthony, don't get me wrong, but um, they're really, really good, man. And I wanted to create a platform where I can help the younger generation in the Caribbean um, propel to, to get their self-exposure and get their self probably out here to college. So that's the mission down there. I go down there, I have a camp. Um, I connect them with coaches. I connect them with, 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 with junior colleges, especially coming from the Caribbean, and give them that, that, that outlet, that outlet that, um, you know, you can get it done. There's a couple of kids out here right now that's playing um, in colleges, and they're doing very well. So I try to talk to them as much as possible, try to mentor them as much as I possibly can, you know, encourage them and keep them, keep them going. Because we're from a small island. It's 100,000 people in Grenada. You know what I mean? Opportunities don't come. A coach is not flying to Grenada to find a player. You know what I mean? Ethan Thomas, you ever heard of Ethan Thomas? He played in the NBA for like 13 seasons. I've heard that name. He played at Syracuse. But um, Ethan Thomas is from Grenada, man, and, and he, he's, he's more of, I think, American-born. His family's from there. But, you know, even using that, a lot of people don't even know Ethan Thomas was from Grenada. You know what I mean? He was an NBA player, but a lot of people don't, don't even know. So coaches are not coming to Grenada looking for talent yet. So hopefully I could bridge that gap. And I, I have been. I had some great success helping kids get to schools up here, and, you know, it's working out great. So what's, like, your... Your, your next step, what's your big goal that you kind of keep this rolling, you're kind of full strength and everything? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to keep, like, you know, I got the learn from a pro, and I'm really pushing that, man. I, I feel like it's going to impact a lot of people. I, I feel like I have a story that, that can promote a lot of different topics, a lot mm-hmm. of different topics, just like, you know, the, the, the cold, hard, hard work, but not the physical hard work, because people always say hard work, hard work, hard work. You know, hard work always pays off. If we're talking about hard work, the best paid people on the earth should probably be construction workers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they work so hard. Like, yeah. but it's, it's more of, you got to work really smart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call me playing basketball for three hours and, and, and being on the computer for five hours being very hard work. It's more of smart work. I, I, I've, strategically put that together so you got to think think out plan and you know that's what this business is promoting and that's what i'm going to be promoting to to everybody you know um just have a plan and put it together sometimes we just out there you know mm-hmm. a lot of basketball players young basketball players like the, the the top basketball players you ask them certain things they don't have a clue man they just out there because they're so talented and everybody don't know you can make it to the nba you can make it to the nba but strategically they don't have a no clue. clue no clue no clue they everything just falls into their lap 
for the most part because they're so talented. Mm-hmm. But as soon as somebody else has a better game against you, guess what? You can get pushed to the side yeah. real fast, and now you're completely lost. Forgotten sure. real quick. Yeah. Hey, you circuit now. Everything is moving so fast that, you know, like you could be forgotten. There's hundreds of players. There's hundreds of kids mm-hmm. out there. Thousands. You know what I mean? So you could be forgotten quick. But if you strategically put this together, understand where you are, you know, um, just understand that, okay, I'm this type of player, so I'm going to push myself to be recruited to St. Francis and not Kentucky. You know what I mean? It's a waste, yeah. it's a waste, it's a waste of email. I'm going to try to send to Kentucky. Like St. Francis, PA, last night, St. Francis, PA played against Duke, right? So St. Francis, PA got destroyed. Not my school. It has two St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it got destroyed by Duke. Like, I have to clear that. Not me. <laughs> you know, they got destroyed, right? And Duke put their whole bench in. And the whole crowd is like hype. Like, oh, these guys don't even get to play. And you know who's amongst those guys? Like, David Robinson's son was amongst those guys. The point guards and everybody, those guys are five-star athletes. And people are excited to see them make a layup. Because we know, like, in high school, you get the little walk-ons. And these mm-hmm. guys coming off the bench that you want to call the little bums or whatever you want to call. These guys are five-star five athletes. Star. You know what I mean? The bench at Duke could beat probably half of Division One out there. Like, the lower half. It, they destroyed Easily, it. Yeah. Easily, like, you know what I'm saying? So, with that, it's kind of like, you know, if, you, if you're not that player, if you're not a five-star player, let's not, let's not talk about Duke. Let's not talk about Kentucky. Like, let's not do that. Like, but they got a, tons of other options. And that's, that, that's something else I'm pushing, man. Like, there's NAIAs, you know, mm-hmm. they got the, all the black colleges. It's so much different stuff that's available to you. Like, NAIA give out full scholarship. Why not go to school yeah. for free? Yeah. Why not? You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's a smart idea. Sometimes you're not the greatest player, but you can get a scholarship to go to NAIA. Go to school for free and use basketball, man. Like, why not? Yeah. You're, you're killing right now. Your story is, like, so relatable. Yeah. Because it's what people are going through. And I think what you're talking about is great because I obviously need to hear this message because we all think, you know, I want to go to Duke. I want to go to power, to power school, you know, football, Alabama, the Oklahoma, you know, and we think that that's the only choice, but you're saying no. Like, you, you're pretty from example. You went to a D1 school. You yep. played, and you went, you went, you went overseas and balled out. Exactly. And it all, it's all free. All free. <laughs> and I, you know, I went overseas, got paid for it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and made a living off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, even with, with schools, right, it was like, you're going to, I had friends that I graduated with. And literally in debt for like 200000 And I'm like, oh, man, when, you, like, when is this ever going to pay off? You get a mm-hmm. job, you're probably making $40,000 a year. Like, when are you ever going to really pay this off? Like, uh-huh. when does it happen? And you have this for the rest of your entire life. Just, it's almost like a hindrance from going to college. Mm-hmm. If you have an athletic ability, regardless of what sport, because I, I feel like, you know, even my story, it translates over to football, too. Because, you know, yeah. if you're not a big-time athlete, like, the biggest schools in football, they're not looking at you. Like, you know, you, mm-hmm. Texas, you know, like, that's what you guys do. Like, Texas, Oklahoma, I remember going down there and I'm remembering, like, I literally seen Friday Night Lights, like, in front of my face, like, at a high school game. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's like, if you're not that player, if you're not that guy, and don't let that demote your mindset. In terms of okay, I might not make it to a D one. I could get a D two. Matter of fact, you could go D one, NAIA or something. Like, it's so much opportunities available. But like you said, sometimes the pride just stops us and puts us in a hole 
apart from promoting us, man. This this sport is bigger than just just being out there playing on the field or playing on the basketball court. It's so much bigger than that. Huge. Mm-hmm. Much respect. Yeah, <laughs> like, we kind of work toward wrapping up a little bit. Where can people kind of find more about you and your information, your websites, your social media? What can we find you at? So the the quickest thing I've because I love Instagram. <laughs> okay. Instagram is like my thing. So if people, you know, you follow me on Instagram, it's um I am NB21. You know what I mean? It's like I am Nigel Byam 21. That's exactly what that is. My my number was 21 when I was in school. Um and my website is Nigel Byam B Y A M um at inf- it, um info.com. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I, I have a bunch of stuff, but even if you get to my my Instagram, I got everything there, man. Everything is gonna be played played out for you, and um, you know, I just invite people to just enjoy my ride and enjoy my story, man. I I really share as much as I possibly can, and you know, encourage people as possible as much as I can. You know, all the kids out there, and all even adults, man. This could this could relate to your job situation and life, and just everything like that. So you know, I definitely you know want people to reach out. You got questions for me. Like I'm always answering questions and, you know, anything that a kids want to know, even an adult want to know. Cause I got guys that ask me about playing overseas. How do I do it? How, how, how can I get there? Like, what are they looking for? You know what I mean? And, you know, so I got advice for everybody, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from people. Thanks for checking out this episode of the 9.0 Start With The Dream podcast. I was your host, Jacoby Gillum. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review, let me know your thoughts. You can check out more about what we're doing with Nine Point at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, talk to you soon.